0: Hi, I'm Pat Foran. Welcome to Get Labeled Indie Music Roadmap, a podcast for working indie artists, aspiring music artists, and fans. Each week, I interview a different guest who has a proven track record in the biz or related field. I talk with producers, promoters, audio engineers, managers, songwriters, bands, social media experts, veteran and novice artists, too, about their experiences and recommendations. I'll get answers to some of the hows and whys of today's music business, which you will find invaluable in navigating the chaotic world of today's music industry. Today's guest is the band Cruiser. Let's get going. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Making a little noise here. (laughs) How many musicians does it take to join a Zoom meeting? (laughs) More than one, (laughs) <laughs> no, I set up the meeting today and I sent you the link that it gave me. So I don't know what happened.
1: Yeah. Not sure. Technical difficulties. <laughs> no worries. Can you um, hear us? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so, um, yeah, well thanks for doing this. Yeah. yeah thanks course, for, having thanks us. for having us. <laughs> and, and, um, Look forward to uh, getting into some things here, some discussion. First off, let's do this. Let's introduce everybody. So you can go right. um, start with Liam and then just go around.
2: All right. So I'm Liam. Um, well, I'm a co-founder of the band with Mikey and Jake pretty much is a co-founder as far as I'm concerned too. And uh, I play guitar and lead
1: vocals. I would be Charlie. And I joined uh much, much more recent compared to uh, when these guys started. Uh, I replaced the uh, original drummer Jack because he uh, moved away. And uh, here we are.
3: I'm Jacob and I, I play the bass.
1: Okay.
4: Uh, I'm Mikey and I play guitar and sing. And yeah, I've been doing it for a, quite a few years at this point for some reason. <laughs>
0: Right. That's not, it's not always clear, right? right. You know? right yeah.
4: <laughs> it was like the right thing to do. I'm
0: just going to split this screen here. So, um, how did you guys get started as a well, band? Like what, what uh, sparked it? I mean, did you guys go to school together or cause you were young, right? When you started it?
4: Yeah. So it was, well, you're still us. young, but you're yeah. Young. <laughs> um, we Liam and I started just playing guitar together a lot because we were friends before. But then we both kind of started playing guitar around the same time and would just always be playing stuff together, like learning a lot of two guitar band songs. And like, that's just how that's pretty much how I learned to play guitar is just by like jamming with Liam and stuff. And then a few years later, we had another friend who started drumming and became friends with Jake, who was already very good at like many instruments. So we asked him to play bass and that's pretty much how it started.
2: Yeah, we also had... um originally we had a fifth member who sang lead vocals oh, yeah. but uh it it just wasn't a good fit so then instead of getting a, another singer i took over as a vocalist and it just you know it's just it's always remained like four friends you know charlie is not just a random guy we've been friends with him for i've known charlie since i was like 14 which is, is when the, the same year the band started so cool. so I was the youngest. I was 14 when it started and Jake, I guess was probably 16 hmm. Yeah, or 15 being the oldest. So Somewhere we were between like 14 and 16.
0: Yeah. So you're pretty fortunate because, um, well, I mean, I've had numerous starts and stops since I was young, since I was about 14 or 15. And, um, and then I kind of got out of the band thing. Yeah. But, um, so that's interesting. I mean, did everybody, did you guys all learn like by just learning songs and jamming? Is that how you picked up the guitar or did you?
4: That's definitely how I learned majority of what I know just by learning songs from other people and trying to get them right for the most part. Trying yeah. To get them right.
2: I'm pretty much an ear musician for the most part. I have a basic knowledge of like, um, sight reading and music theory, but I, I I played saxophone when I was younger so I like in the school band so I knew how to read music, but guitar was more fun because I could just like, you know, learn songs I liked. So, you know, it was it was always just like jamming songs and you know figuring out eventually once you start to learn uh, enough stuff you start to put pieces together and you start messing around with scales and then You just—I don't know. It's—it's kind of weird because just from learning other people's music, I feel like I have a good grasp, and you know, that's how Mikey and I learned—just learning songs, basically.
1: Right, and you guys did uh, guitar ensemble in high school, correct?
2: (laughs) Yeah, we did. Yeah, all three of us did, actually. Yeah. Well,
0: that's—that's pretty much how I learned. I mean, by ear, pretty much. um, From when I was young, Um, I think I started guitar when I was about eleven. And um, got into rock guitar when I was about fourteen or fifteen, and um, I wasn't allowed to have a guitar, so I had to wait it out. And I finally got one at you know when I was eleven, and then um, you know just it took a little while, but um, it's really you know a lot of this. I mean, successful bands that I know of, you know, they're they start off together or they have a core and they stick together. So um, that's that's a a good thing for you guys you know oh, yeah. um going in your favor because you're friends so oh, yeah yeah we were
2: we we're, I mean we're, we're an interesting case because we're it a lot of people bands are friends because over music but we are all just friends who happen to play music oh, yeah. and that that has had a I would definitely say it's had a unique dynamic and as made us original with our chemistry on and off stage is, just, is what is way different than anybody else we played with, you know, that I've seen. Yeah.
0: So um, what is like when you started, what was your focus like musically? Um, Like what what kind of bands were you playing? I
2: Basically, the only thing I wanted to play when we started was like literally all, all I listened to at the time was like hard rock and metal. And I, the only thing I really cared about was playing cool guitar solos. So, which <laughs> in retrospect is pretty goofy, but I'm glad that happened wow. because I, you know, it, it kind of shaped who I was at the time and I've been able yeah. to build off that. And then once I started singing, I was like, oh, there's other stuff. There's other types of music and styles.
0: Yeah. I can hear that in your, in your playing, like, and and the song selections, like you I can hear a swath of like years of rock, you know, from yeah. 70s, I don't know about 80s but it maybe 80s metal. For, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then and then probably some 90s cuz 90s was kind of a throwback in a way.
2: For and sure, yeah. Then, and then
0: probably that... like 2000s, I think. I hear some influences.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're I know I I'm all over the place and like I listen to bands from every decade and I know they all do too, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. eclectic taste. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, today I expect um, younger people to, um, you know, beginners to hit hit the internet and go to YouTube and grab a free lesson or two here and there and, you know, go and, which which is good. I mean, I, you know, when I learned we I you know I learned on started learning on vinyl. So, you know, you had to like if you wanted to learn a riff, you know, you'd have to let it play and then try it and then go back, you know, manually like yeah. lift up the needle. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a lot easier now,
2: less steps oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely very fortunate for the time you grew up <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it is what it is, man. The 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 thing that's unfortunate, I think, is the um like when I was growing up, like clubs were, I mean, I can't say every club was packed, but they were pretty full. I mean, for the most part, you go out, especially certain clubs with entertainment, you go out and, um, you know, you'd have a, a pretty big house to play for, um, and then over the years that started changing. And, um, so now it's like people, I feel like people don't need to get out and see somebody cause they can just go on the internet. Um, that's right. You don't have to go to a concert, to a fish concert. You can, I, I'm a, a member of the fish, uh, whatever it is, fish page or fish group. So they send me things. Hey, we're playing tonight or whatever. They send like a live stream, you know. So I don't mm-hmm. even have to go and see them. But um, so, do you feel? How do you feel about that? I mean, do you think that um, people will come out like? Um, and support a band now or do you think and not just locally but i mean like if you start to grow um you know just in theory if you start Mm -hmm. to grow larger do you think that you can actually build audiences and like regionally like philadelphia you know i mean that's the way they used to do it like start one area and then go out to another area and you know you get to join join a tour a um a tour with another regional band and then you, you get some of their fans, you know, and pick up and you kind of grow like they, they like mentor you, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you think that's still possible? Oh, yeah. I do. do I definitely
1: that? think there's still plenty of people that enjoy seeing live music and are always going to come out to see shows. It definitely just takes a lot to get to that point where people are, you know, looking for your name to come out, to go see you. And, uh, there's a lot of steps in between.
4: And also just watching a live stream is nowhere close to actually going. To right. The show. <laughs> not even in the same. It's as not you. even, it's not even close to half the experience. So I think a lot of people probably know that and they'll figure it out after watching a few live stream concerts. And then if they ever go to one they'll be like, oh, wow. Okay. This is like.
0: Well, I was cool. thinking, I'm thinking uh, after COVID, maybe people will rethink some of that you
4: know oh yeah that's also oh. I was going to say that earlier COVID has not helped
2: no like Co- we all been. COVID like honestly completely destroyed this band to be for a while yeah like we couldn't see like me and Jake hung out <laughs> but Mikey and our other drummer at the time we could we couldn't practice with them so yeah. and we're, we're we're actually recording an album right now and these songs are so old except for one which was recent was like you know we should have had an album out by now basically we should have had an album come out a year ago in my opinion uh but it's just like it's kind of a bummer because it feels like time froze basically but
4: yeah
2: it's a kind of I always think like the amount of effort you put in the more good things will happen so if you put in the effort people come to your shows you know
0: well, you guys defi- definitely, I've seen you a while, like four, four shows, four or five shows. And, uh, you guys definitely bring it, um, wherever you go, mm-hmm. where, where I've seen you. So, um, yeah, I think you have a lot of good things going for you. Um, and I like your music, uh, well, I like your music period. And then I like, you know, some of the diversity of it, you know, it's not just one thing. And, um, There's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I rejoined the music scene about 10 years ago. And when Mm -hmm. I came back, I, I found out that, you know, people didn't go to the clubs as much anymore and um, that they wanted to stay more local. So my point is what I see now is I see a lot of uh, cover bands, tribute bands. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they seem, they seem to be sucking up all the air, you know, um, so people are going out to see these bands, which is, which is okay. But, um, I don't see, I don't see the venues, um, supporting original music as much, or they're, they're dying off. So with that said, I mean, what, what do you guys see? I mean, you're from Maryland. Mm -hmm. So do you get over to Delaware and. and We're kind of.
2: I don't know right well go- it's weird because honestly like we're just basically so charlie joined the band in june okay and once charlie joined you know we played a three or four like one-off shows before that after and now we're just not total i mean after the whole COVID thing we did only a few one-off shows and since Charlie joined, we've been, like, kind of rebuilding our live resume. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, you know, we, we'll play anywhere. Um, We're, we're, you know, basically anywhere that will have us. But, yeah, it's a lot of, like, Baltimore area. Okay. Uh, mostly that. And, you know, we've been getting out. Obviously, we played with you in New Jersey and Delaware and Philly. So, there's that. And I hope to continue that. So, I, you know, I, I like playing in, like, the Maryland New York, New Jersey, Delaware, PA right. regions, okay. so I hope to expand on that, and um, yeah, and this, as far as, like, tribute acts go, I mean, like, I, I, it's good, if anybody can make money playing music, I think that's a really good accomplishment, but in my right. opinion, let's say if you're, you know, when you were in high school, your favorite band was Van Halen or something, and you don't, seek out any new music now because you think there's nothing like that because it's not on the radio yeah. and instead of searching for the new music even though it's very easy to find and you can just go on YouTube or Google or whatever yeah you're gonna go see a Van Halen tribute act when yeah. in all reality you know it's better to find something new because then you can see them and it's it, it's more fun it's more original it's just mm-hmm. so it's it it's not so much like um Just the consumer market is a little strange, in my opinion. Yeah, and you know,
1: in the past 65, 70 years, there has been so much original music that wasn't there, you know, when uh, a lot of the guys that we listen to now started out. There wasn't this massive pool of music at our fingertips that you can uh, expose yourself to with just a push of a button. And I think uh, that is part of the reason why there's less of an appeal to see original music now because the music from the past 6570 years is still so popular now and people want to hear those uh famous songs you know that were written by all these guys you know in the 60s and 70s that are are still very popular
0: well i i had um seen um read an article i guess where and I don't remember where it was from, like, I don't think it was billboard or anything. It was some kind of music outlet. And, uh, they said that there was a study done that stated that, uh, once people reach the age of 30, they don't, they're, they're just kind of set. They don't bother with seeking out new, new music. You know, no, not I don't believe that. I believe that there's still, even with that said, I still believe that there's an audience, I meet people who like younger people and older people. And uh, so it doesn't matter, like who you are, like, if you like music, like you you were kind of saying, one of you were saying that, um, you know, the live show is I think it was Mikey, the live show is, you know, so different than, you know, you can't, the experience is, is, um, is a unique experience. So in order to get that right, you have to participate. So, um, people who, who gravitate to that, who go out and see music and want to see music, like they're, they're the ones who are going to be more open to listening to, you know, a new band or a new act. Right. Oh yeah. So they're still out there, but I think, um, who is it? was it? Was Liam one of you guys was just saying that the dynamic has changed. So the, you know, the, um, uh, the reach has changed, um, or the formula for the reach to right. reach people uh, has changed. Major labels used to go out and look for acts and then they would cultivate the act, sign the act and, um, you know, they would have, you know, coaching, you know, like vocal, whatever they felt that they might need, you know, music, musicianship, whatever, um, songwriting, um, whatever they felt they needed to make this band better or the act, the artist better. Curating. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Okay. It's the curation of music. So there's no real funneling anymore today. It's like, you know, Spotify. I can't even, yeah. you know,
1: you have millions of artists that wide
0: and show you on screen because yeah, there's like a million songs per year, or I forget. There's an ungodly something, amount of songs,
2: something ridiculous. I mean, any day
0: that are released. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then I'm sorry, if, you know, some people might not agree with this, but I think, um, I know, I know in the past when I've seen some original bands, um, it was like bad, like, like they're playing in a club and people will go, oh, well, this is original music, you know, that sucks, you know, like, yeah. and so they, they're exposed to original music, maybe they're not hearing a good original band, you oh. know, so that's kind of, that's kind of a, um, you know, a, a difficult um, avenue too. For for these uh, club owners, you know, they're really not um, they're experts on running a club, you know, they're not experts on music on good music, you know, right, you run into this all the time I mean throughout your, you you will throughout your career like, and um, I mean I've had, I've known bands that have played successfully in clubs like Fridays and Saturday nights on the money nights, and the band isn't so good, but they pack the club you know yeah. so they may like have one good musician in it in the band but they pack the club but they, then there's a, really, awesome. a really good band they'll go out and they'll like have 10 people you know or, or... right
2: but there's I was gonna say there's so many variables in invo- the music industry is so weird it's just so strange there's so many variables involved like even like you were saying these bands who really just aren't that great you know may pack pack out like you know a huge club but it has to do with what genre are they playing okay if there's a there's they're playing like top 40 and then there's a progressive metal band who are better songwriters better musicians but nobody wants to hear that in the club so there's that and then alcohol that's always a variable (laughs) do people care as much about the music probably not yeah Yeah. and then as far as like another uh a theory I have is like about you know you said about the study about people once they hit 30 they they start you know not seeking out new music yeah the you know the average American like when if they were being honest with themselves like when did they feel you know they get married around their when they're 30 when do they remember having the most fun was it in high school was it in college yeah. and some people like a lot of musicians like all of us you know, because we keep playing music and doing what we love, we like there's that continued enjoyment throughout all your life. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, you know, they get married, they have kids, they have responsibilities. They feel they peaked at a young age and they're not going to want to listen to music from a time when they don't remember fondly. They want to listen to music that makes them feel young again. and makes them feel good. So they're not going to, they're going to want to hear, you know, the Pearl Jam Tribute Band and not... The original band right you know what i mean yeah so
0: yeah that's yeah i just read something about that too what you're saying they're going to go see a tribute band
2: you know, yeah like which it, it makes sense honestly it's a shame but it makes sense you know? yeah
0: i mean you know to agree to a degree you can't argue with that exactly but you know for for a songwriter <laughs> that's not that's not a great um a great policy or or a um system for them you know
2: for oh, us no, it's no not at all
0: so but it's good
2: to know that at the same time though getting in
0: yes well this is <laughs> this is this isn't uh this is turning like sour here with <laughs> yeah, yeah with it's the prospects not, you know cool. sorry about uh, that
2: <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's, it's not, all good
0: that's not what i'm trying to do i'm, I'm not oh, trying, trying, no, it, trying to trying cool to be debbie downer sauce, you know
2: though, cause people who <laughs> Who aren't musicians they don't think about this ever it's right. cool to discuss it's yeah. you know no one talks about it really it's reality that's it's just reality it yeah. Yeah. so it's um, good to
0: inform so well i thought you guys had been like um like had toured before with with um this group that i was that we were just with mm. so so i i didn't know a lot about you so that's why this is part of the discussion too oh so, sure yeah it's all good no, no, that's pretty is
2: cool. sour. this is all good nothing no <laughs> so bad pretty- vibes here
0: pretty cool though because you know the other thing is you know i said that you bring it you know every show but um so how did you go about setting up your show because i feel like your show has um professional attributes to it like how you set it up i don't even know if you're aware of what you're doing do you you plan that out like your sets like first song second song third song this is where we have to be in the third song and oh well
2: we we do the thing a set list is we go I can't I don't like when people play the same set verbatim every night so but we don't play the same set at all like we change you know some stuff we we like keeping at the front or the back end because it just works better but right. it's pretty random yeah. so I that's the only thing we plan is the set order yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're pretty I mean we kind of fly by the seat of our pants most of the time <laughs> yeah so
0: well, Definitely. it works, you know, whatever you're doing it works. So you're, you're making, I feel, I mean, in my opinion, well, Thank you. Uh, thank ho- you. Yeah, whatever that counts for, <laughs> I mean, okay. you know? Um, yeah, because, uh, that's really important. Like, um, I actually studied like the science, a little bit of science of set list because right. I was fortunate to open up for, um, a couple of national acts, um, locally and um so i'm like okay well if i do this you know i you know it's just not open mic night you know i gotta go out and i gotta i can't just bring i have 45 minutes to to cover so you know i can't go out and and blow the whole night in like five songs you know right around for nine or ten songs you know Mm -hmm. so um so i started working through that and i found uh tom jackson um yeah the guy's name is tom jackson and he's out of Nashville, and he actually is a consultant for um, like staging your show. And um, so he's worked with some top names. So I I took one of his courses, and I um, went down the list, and like his points like, um, like the first two songs are supposed to be um, bring your audience in. So um, I'm going to get I'm going to follow up with this in a minute. So first two songs like bring the audience in the third song needs to be like a, a really good song fourth song basically the fourth song i think sets up the fifth song and the fifth song is supposed to be your your thriller song you know your right. song and maybe you have like a, a guitar solo bringing in the song and this is for a band right mm-hmm. or drum drum intro um something to change things up and then and then hit the song. Um, What I see is I see a lot of performers and I've done it myself. You go out and you just play song after song after song and you're not really changing any of the dynamics of the songs. So um, my point being that there is like kind of a science to it and um, um, I think you're you're like actually hitting some of that without thinking about it like it's just kind of. um, yeah because like if you go out and you do your first song right you want to you want to get you know get the audience up so you want to have maybe if you're rock you want to do something a little upbeat right. Right, you don't want to come out and open with a ballad. No,
2: no. <laughs>
0: but but you could right? I mean if you do it, if you have something that works, then you know, maybe you do that, but. Generally, no, I don't do that. And um, so one of the measurements that I used to use years ago was when I had cover bands, when I was in cover bands and I had my own cover bands, we would go out. And the whole point of the night was to keep people on the dance floor, right? Keep people on the dance floor. They're going to drink. They're going to have a good time. Um, So, you know, they're spending money because they're drinking more or whatever. And uh, throughout the night, hopefully they're going to stay. And, um, so I still kind of have that mentality where, you know, I want people tapping their feet or doing something, clapping or doing something, you know, um, and I've, I've kind of written music to do that. So I try and, um, balance things out. So, I mean, do you guys think about that? Like when you're writing a song, do you like, Hey, this would be a good song. You mentioned that you had maybe a big song that you use like your show ender or your big song for the night. Maybe it's the sixth song or fifth song. I mean, do you think about stuff like that?
1: Yeah. Mikey definitely is the one who usually is making the set lists. And when we're all together, just practicing sometimes, uh, you know, we're just shooting about how to open up the show. Like I don't remember whose idea it was to, Open up with that little medley that we have been doing. I don't know if that was you oh, or Mikey. The
4: thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. The we... same. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, Liam and I, a lot of times work together to make this set list. And yeah, we don't make, necessarily have like one song that we're like, all right, we're going to end every time with this one, but we have like kind of like what you were saying. We know like which songs we want to put like for our like starters and which ones are really good for like ending and then like we kind of like break it up and just have like multiple songs that are good for like Easter. yeah things.
2: and you know i think the thing about us is uh like i don't know i feel like when you see us it we could, not only like the set like the set list changes but like it's a i feel like when you go to see us it's a different experience each time like we're a very like i feel like the one thing that's special about us is no like we're very real like there's it's not we're not going through the motions we're like we're putting our emotions into the music and you know maybe if some of if one of us is like having a bad day or something maybe that shows i don't know but like yeah, you know it, it it's real it's live right you playing
1: know, playing music just for fun and yeah. uh to go out there and have a good time and just have fun
2: with you it you know we, from behind the scenes it's like a business but when you're out there it's nothing business. Like, you know, we might extend a song like five minutes longer, just jamming. We might not do that one night. You know, we might, you know, oh, we haven't played this song in a while. Let's do that. Just right. random stuff like that. Keep it fun for us so that it will reflect in our performance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, I I think I noticed that <laughs> some of that what you're talking about, I noticed that yeah. you had a, a medley because I think I don't think you did it at every show and then I noticed that one night you you did something a little different. I was like, oh that's cool. Yeah. You know? I'm gonna go around like uh Liam, do you have who's your do you have a favorite guitarist or a favorite uh, songwriter, or what do you
2: guitarist? Yeah if, mo- if
0: you were to model yourself, like
2: uh I gotta go Jimi Hendrix, I mean. <laughs> okay it just doesn't feel right to say anybody else and he honestly is my favorite guitar player I mean I get you know I get inspired by him you know yeah. he, I could I could name more people but it'd be pointless because I mean I there's just so many I everyone I listen to I I'm influenced by in some way and as far as like a songwriting goes I'm a big fan of like um hmm well McCartney and Lennon are probably the best songwriters, uh, Neil Young, um, Springsteen. I like a, guys who can take music and tell a story, but also tell a story with their lyrics. You know. So a lot of like singer-songwriter guys but I, 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 I like to try and add that to like a, a more rock band context, I guess. So I guess that's what I'd say.
0: Cool. Um, how about Charlie?
2: yeah you know
1: i started playing the drums after i had started to learn the guitar and i had been taking piano lessons which is uh, one of the only instruments i've taken lessons for and i was just doing it messing around for a long time and i had always been interested in them and some of the guys that i'd always that had always caught my eye i mean of course neil pert from rush was always uh an incredible drummer and his drumming always you know, made me hear something special about the drums and go, okay, there's something uh, different going on here. And a lot of different uh, drummers, like like Dave Grohl from Nirvana, guys that started playing on like pillowcases that uh, I have a lot of respect for the technical drummers, guys like Mike Portnoy and uh, some of the other, you know, beastly technical players but i think there's a lot to be said for you know guys who started just messing around on a you know 100 dollar drum kit and uh just spent years doing that and somehow you know you can always hear it in their playing uh you can kind of tell when somebody just kind of taught themselves from the ground up not having a whole lot of uh foundation in, you know, how they're being taught. And uh, being self taught myself, I think there's a a level of originalness in just how you play the drums, if you're self taught, and tons of bad habits too. And that's, uh, you know, it's a give and take, you probably won't ever be able to reach some of the technical levels that some of these drummers are just because you know, I didn't start taking lessons and I've have all these terrible habits with, you know, just form and technique and stuff, but I don't know, It's a lot of fun.
0: Well, do you have um, a favorite band at all or learn like every song or.
1: Not really. You know, I've been pretty eclectic with what I've learned on the drums. I've always bounced around with who I uh, was trying to cover definitely there, yeah. uh in a challenge sense learning rush songs stuff that's uh you know trickier to play has always been fun just because it's a challenge to uh and of course um bonzo John Bonham from Zeppelin learning zeppelin songs has always been really fun just because he's uh got a wackiness about his style as well that's hard to replicate and uh, that's what I've learned trying to play I'd say, Zeppelin's probably uh, one of my favorites in terms of bands just to drum too um and newer guys too, you know uh Audio Slave and uh Foo Fighters. there's a lot of uh really cool drumming in uh that sort of thing that has a very different style than a lot of musicians and I think it's fun to try to learn songs from other guys. But I've never been able, never really wanted to learn it note for note. And uh, I think it's definitely just what you listen to kind of just determines where you're going to place fills and what fills you use when you're playing uh, when you're self taught. I don't, honestly, I don't know how it is for guys that have taken lessons their whole life. I don't know if it's the same way but uh i'd say going back to the original question zeppelin and
2: <laughs> zeppelin's
1: one of my favorites too yeah guys like that a good one yeah, yeah well, and I, earlier stuff buddy rich as well you know i uh i have a ton of respect and have listened to a lot of stuff like that as well
0: i just saw a an interview with um is it Jason Bonham? It's John Bonham's son.
1: Yeah. yeah, Jason.
0: yeah. Um, and he was telling the story about how his, he was learning the drums and his dad, I forget how it came about, but I guess maybe he was on the drums, playing the drums. And then he was trying to do, I don't know if it was Neil Peart, but I mean, he was trying to mimic somebody and he's a, hes like, no, he was a, here, do this. So he he just made him cop a beat, you know, just stick on a beat, yeah. stay with that, keep playing that do it over you know i forget how many times he had him do it but he's like he's this is what you practice so the next time i want to hear this yeah you know? and um so he'd have to practice that and that's how he learned like so i think you know when you were speaking i was thinking of groove versus you know virtuosity you know yeah right? but there is virtuosity in in a groove too because absolutely you know there's so many variations and stuff like that so yeah i think something to be said for that you know yeah over, over technique you know yeah um okay and then jake how did you get started I hear you're a multi-instrumental musician
3: well uh just just for bass when we um uh, when i had to start playing bass it was geezer butler originally and i was uh, i guess pretty obsessed with his his bass playing because it it seemed like everything I heard had like a touch of magic in it. So I would learn all of his songs and then, um, try and figure out what that was about his playing that I liked. And then eventually they'd get tired of that and, um, kind of stopped practicing and would only only play when we would all play together. Cause I only wanted to play with a drummer and then, was pretty un- unsatisfied with it for a while until uh charlie and i started hanging out and jamming before he was in cruiser and he, he picked me up one day and he had uh sublime in his uh in his cd player or he was just playing on his phone
1: right that's something else i should mention sublime is uh definitely one of my biggest influences i for i don't know why i forgot to mention that but their rhythm and bass section is, uh, yeah, incredible. So, yeah, it's good stuff.
3: I was I was already had gotten when I got bored with the bass. I got into the the Delta blues because I liked the the rhythm that uh, they would play with their right hand, and uh, that was the groove that was missing in Geezer Butler's playing, who sounded more like a guitar player mm. on a bass, and then when I started listening to sublime i started hearing those grooves on the bass that i wanted that i was like missing mm. and so i st- i didn't i never really learned any of his parts but the cd's w- wouldn't leave my cd player for like a couple of years <laughs> so i guess it it got incorporated in and then all the like uh dancehall music a genre of reggae that it's uh just listening to the grooves and that uh' was big influence, <laughs> and then now there's a a lot of bass music that isn't even made with people but on computers, oh yeah, that's a uh, very exciting and new stuff
1: oh, yeah. yeah the in the digital age of uh music creation is definitely a huge influence as well i mean all the new midi interfaces that have been around since the 90s have just exploded and there's so much original super creative content that's super interesting and complicated just musically and and just creates new ways to build grooves and uh stuff that you can't do on a acoustic kit
0: definitely All right. And then, uh, brings us to Mikey.
1: Yeah. Um,
4: well, I got, I'll say my favorite artists would have to be again, Led Zeppelin, of course, Jimi Hendrix, definitely up there. Um, thin is one of my favorite bands too. And for like influencing my guitar playing, I i like all those bands and so many others as well. But biggest thing that I would look for, like, when I started playing guitar, I like, not even look for it, just kind of happened to like bands with like two guitars and two like distinct guitar parts that like sound really, they just sound great together. And like, I don't know, they just like complement each other really well. That was like definitely the biggest influence to me. So that's why like Thin Lizzy, is one of the best examples of two guitar band, like they always have some crazy harmonies and whatever going on, but also like, uh, like Guns N' Roses is a huge. Influence like I don't really listen to them all that much anymore but when I was learning like I would always learn Izzy's parts and Izzy and Slash's parts always just like sound so good together and they're oftentimes like super different but they always just mesh like really well so that's like the biggest thing that influenced my guitar playing is like yeah just like good chemistry basically that I always look for or try to accomplish
2: yeah we could sit here for like a whole day like the four of us just going back and forth because right. like this is a very eclectic group of tastes right here I mean mm-hmm. like I know I didn't even skim the surface of stuff I listened to I know sure. for a fact Jake didn't really yeah. I mean Jake listens to a ton of different like depending on what year it is I could tell you the year from like what Jake was listening to It's like oh he's listening to Delta Blues Oh, that must be like 2018 2019 or something not specific yeah. but you know it what I mean went the
3: Sabbath and then the Doors and yeah. then the Delta
2: Blues and then Sublime yeah Jake's also uh big probably the biggest Beatles fan out of any of us too right oh yeah definitely
1: and the Doors are also a,
2: yeah a, I mean I love the Doors Jim Morrison's one of my favorite singers as well really great bass parts yeah I mean that's <laughs> but they actually about... are
0: everything you mentioned is probably my favorite stuff when i was growing up listening to uh zeppelin was my f- right. favorite favorite and then the who oh it was yeah just, it was just um you know there was just so much there you know again it was curated right so there wasn't thousands of bands, but i mean like today you know go on spotify who who do you listen to you know yeah um To and there's good music i mean it's not like I'm, i wasn't I don't want to be taking out of context here with the way I was speaking before. I wasn't saying that there's only a few good bands or a few right. good songwriters. That's not what I was saying. Um, not, not for you, but for the audience, the people mm-hmm. who listen to this. So, I mean, yes, there, You know, I hear so much good music today. Um, so, if you do go on Spotify, it's not a knock on Spotify, but it's just that, you know, like you were saying, mentioning about um, computerized music. You know it's you anybody can write a song and do a and do a mix you know and and mix their song record it mix it and throw it out for consumption you know and that's basically what's happening so in some ways it's it's a great it's a great time um but in others if you're trying to make a living at it then it's it's much harder um this way um so so yeah i mean um And I'd have to say like Zeppelin and then of course, Jimi Hendrix, Mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix is more like my spiritual side of the guitar. You know? Yeah. I mean, I could say that about Zeppelin too, but, um, Jimmy Page was actually recording when he was young. So he started, I think he was recording in the studio when he was like 14 or something. Right. He was a session musician. Yeah. Working in studios not, not a knock on him. I mean, we all have uh, benefited from that because of what, what they created in in Led Zeppelin. But, um, I mean, Hendrix was like, you know, a guitarist. Well, I mean, he played with some major acts too. So it's not like he was just a novice coming onto the scene when he, when he was signed. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I mean, I think I'm talking about the creativity in my mind. I, I feel like um, Jimmy page kind of was a little more organized than Hendrix. I think Hendrix was more free spirited. I definitely oh, agree a hundred percent. That's just my opinion. Right. So, but he kind of, kind of feels that way. You know,
2: Jimmy page's songwriting though, had a like, I, I just always loved the versatility of Led Zeppelin and just, yeah. you know, Jimmy page. He, he wrote pro- some of the most memorable, his guitar solos are so memorable and honestly like i can say i think you know jimmy hendrix i'm very inspired by him but i when i was younger i definitely based myself off jimmy page more because just the look and everything and so him and jimmy hendrix are and also you gotta throw a bone to eddie van halen because i definitely yeah i mean i play <laughs> probably more like him than i do you know jimmy page i mean right. he changed the game i mean there's everybody not everybody but a lot of people started playing way different after he came out absolutely i mean he paved the
1: way for alternate tunings pushing it into mainstream yeah
0: well he he eddie van halen saved the guitar yeah i mean he resurrected the guitar the guitar was kind of dead we're playing the same kind of riffs and same scenarios and the synthesizer had come out um you know electronic keyboard Mm -hmm. so you're getting all these like like things that you couldn't do with a pick and with, with one hand, you know, for fingerings, you couldn't do that. And then when he, his answer was to use, you know, the two hands, right. once he started doing that now, all of a sudden you're, you're like, Hey, we can, you know, uh, compete with that, uh, synthesizer riffs, you know? Um, I mean, that that's my take on, on what he did, um, or what, what that meant, but more so like you're saying, like, um, you know, everybody plays like Van Halen now too, you know, if yeah. you're worth worth your salt, you play a little Van Halen.
2: Yeah, um, and uh, I will say one thing: if you if you really you know, they were like ten years apart, Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen. But if you notice something that's common about both of them is they both were in three piece bands. You know, Van Halen had David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar as a vocalist, but as the like the musicians, yes, yeah. were a three pieces, and they both. You know when they played rhythm guitar, they took up they were keeping their hands moving that whole time they both very different types of like fills and stuff, but they both were like all over the place just mm-hmm. they were both filled so much space you know, and that's just as impressive as their solos so oh, yeah something to yeah, think I about did,
0: I did a lot of that when I was coming up like um not so much performing three piece but um practicing three piece yeah like, jamming three piece. So, but it's like you're kind- it's kind of wide open, so you're you can do a little more if you have a keyboard player playing and they're playing certain chords you know that kind of you have to stay within that boundary mm-hmm. when you're playing, you know um depending on how it's played but um yeah, so it opens things up too um i i just i watched the video about Eddie van Halen. Oh, some guy analyzed his songs. I don't know the guy this guy's name. It was on YouTube, but he analyzed all the songs, all the songwriting um techniques and all this but anyway it, it boiled down to a few things, and um, it was like simplified like van Halen some- Eddie simplified the music by using triads, you know, I don't know if you know anything you know mm-hmm. from- yeah. I'm sure a few, guys, a few of you guys know it.
2: I'm not an uh, expert, but I really
0: <laughs> Yeah. So it's like three notes for a chord. And if you do a seventh chord, that adds one more note. So it's right. one note on top of, and it's called triad. Right?
1: Not just the root third and the fifth.
0: Yeah. So um, you get a lot of that in like classical music. So um, <clears throat> now somebody's going to say that that I'm wrong about that. But what I mean is it's, you know, you're based on the certain fundamentals uh, in songwriting or, or writing music. Anyway, so that's what Van Halen did. They, this guy analyzed it and it was all based on triads. Like there weren't, um, it was like certain combinations and and he analyzed like the hit songs. And um, so they're all like, they had similarities. They weren't all the same, but had similarities. But I'd, I'd venture to say like, probably all music is like that all hit music and, and you can write, you can go to listening to the radio, like listening to billboard top 40 or something, you know, you're going to hear songs that sound, they have similar tracks, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. like similar formulas. That's what the guy was talking about. Formulas. I mean, I, I thought early on, like when I first heard Eddie Van Halen, I thought he had studied classical music. So he did, he started off with, um, uh classical piano right and then it was funny because i heard him talking about it and then he did and like liam mentioned it um about playing by ear like learning by ear so what eddie van halen would do um he said that he would go to the piano teacher he'd get an assignment he'd come back the next week and he'd be playing a piece and he was doing really well and then one week the teacher said here, start here and he's like uh what do you mean he goes start start here and he's like well i can't really i'm not sure where i am like on the music hmm. like reading the music so like he wasn't really reading the music like he would go through and learn the song and then memorize it
2: right and yeah and
0: that was one of my downfalls trying to read music you know i'd always like and
2: i used to do that in the guitar and so <laughs> oh, we used yeah. to figure them out by ear <laughs> look at the music but not read it and because oh, yeah. we at that time we were already in a band. So we're like, we, we know how to learn songs. We're not going to read it. That's just pointless, (laughs) which it, it is at that point to be fair. Um, You know, it was, they go
0: bar 55. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, yeah. yeah.
2: That's when we would get caught (laughs) lacking.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I, I, I had the same issue, but, um, later on, I, you know, I devoted some study to, um, like jazz. And then I had to really learn how to read and, um, which was beneficial for me, you know. I I enjoyed it.
1: I'm sure in the eyes of many like uh, real jazz musicians that we are <laughs> pseudo musicians yeah. by far, you know. But you,
2: you want something interesting?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't say that.
2: But <laughs> but when we were in the guitar ensemble, you know, we would you know, we were you know, not the the we weren't like uh complete scoundrels, but we weren't like the best behaved <laughs> kids in class and yeah so we didn't warrant although we were already technically speaking Mikey Jake and I were by the time we were 15 we were technically professional musicians because we would get paid to play shows and we didn't (laughs) but we didn't which is really weird to think about now but yeah Yeah. because we don't make anything now just about (laughs) but um yeah so we our guitar ensemble teacher was had us do a show once with like popular songs and one of them for whatever reason he picked stevie ray vaughn pride and joy oh cool And i don't know what <laughs> why this happened but i wound up doing on an acoustic guitar an improvised solo at one part and you know just like e minor pentatonic wow. real real easy to solo in and he never gave us any compliments or anything but after that yeah, he, so... he went up to me he was so impressed he shook my hand and i couldn't figure <laughs> out why i'm like it's like it's a blues thing and then but he's a classical musician and they yes. only read he didn't yeah. even play classical guitar he didn't yeah. know anything about guitar and yeah. the classical musicians they don't understand music outside of reading the music so that's why like classical music and jazz music those genres both fascinate me so much because they're literally just the complete opposite because jazz is just like play every single wrong note and somehow make it work Well, no one's doing the same thing at the same time. So, well,
0: I I studied at Berkeley College of Music for two years. Oh wow! Trying to learn jazz, and and I went in and I was at, I wasn't an accomplished sight reader, and you had to be a good sight reader. Hmm. So I was like barely getting through my sight reading classes, but I was getting a lot of compliments and encouragement from different teachers, like what you were saying. Like if we had, if I had a solo and I would play a solo and I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the changes. I was just playing by ear. Yeah. And sometimes you can get away with that. Sometimes you can't, you know, when jazz, especially in jazz because the, the keys change. So you have to, if you're playing by ear, then you have to know the changes. You have mm-hmm. to know what's coming. So um, occasionally I would get caught, you know, but um, the, guy, the, one, the one time the guy made me solo like three or four times. And my one friend was getting mad because he was like, because he, he was a better reader, you know, mm. but I was playing, I was jamming, man. I was like playing. To, <laughs> yeah.
2: You're playing with your heart and
0: soul. Yeah. And I was that's, like, yeah, that's like, the best. Oh yeah. This is, this is, listen to this. This is what you're, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I, gotta, <laughs> yeah. I better keep, I, so, um, so I've had, you know, different times where um, the ears helped me out. Um, but my point here was I went to school for a couple of years, try, you know, learned about Theory, harmony, and stuff like that. And it was a great experience. And then I left, and um, one of my mentors told me to go back to school. And uh, I'm near Trenton, New Jersey, so there was a school called Trenton State College, which is the College of New Jersey now, and they had a great classical music program. So the guy sent me there, and that's where I learned how to sing. I I was kind of fortunate because I learned how to sing there, studied studied voice, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, I did my, I did um, one year there. And the deal was if I went there one year, then they would help me, they would let me pick any major that I wanted and I wanted to do composition. So I was like, all right, that's that's pretty sweet, you know? So I went there and um, I went in and I talked to the the head of the uh, music school. So I'm talking to him and he's like, so I'm like, well, how long do you want me to keep going here? Like how, how many years do I have until I graduate? He goes, oh, three more years. And I'm like three more years. I'm like, I just did, this was my third year, you know, of music school. So he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, you have to do classical music and classical guitar and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm like, I've studied jazz guitar. I said, I, he's like, oh, classical music is the only one where you're stretching your fingers and you're doing like, obviously he didn't know anything about jazz guitar. So I'm like, no, I said, jazz guitar has literature. There's certain things that you can study. And Um, actually part of it was at Berkeley was a little bit of classical music too, classical guitar study was, was, wasn't a classical guitar, but what I did was we would take, um, actually after I left Berkeley, I studied with a a really great guitar player, like probably like one of the best in the country. And, um, he had me studying violin books to play guitar, like doing violin studies on the guitar. Um, so that was pretty cool. So like, yes there actually is literature or, you know, it's already yeah. written. It's already written. It's violin studies, you know? So I was trying to tell him that like, you know, plead my case, but, um, he, he didn't buy it. So, um, anyway, that's a long winded explanation of what I think what Liam was saying, <laughs> like they don't understand
2: jazz is the right. original is the original rock and roll. In my oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it, it it's,
0: it's out there's
2: no elements of pop in it but that is a dangerous genre of music i mean you know not lyrically because there's a lot of times no lyrics but it it's just like it's amazing it's i do i do listen to a good amount of like fusion stuff because you know Mm -hmm. that's like the musician side of me like those guys are really damn good (laughs) yeah Yeah, you have have a fusion song yet but it'll get there eventually
0: yeah i'm sure you can i mean how about um you know, way back there was, um, Jeff Beck.
2: Oh yeah. Those are was considered wired component. and blow way by back. blow are two of my favorite, uh, instru- probably that's my favorite. those are my favorite instrumental albums blow by blow and wired. And yeah, there's he was playing basically fusion a rock guitar player playing like over jazz, uh, instrumentals, I guess you'd say, cause he's a, by all means, a rock guitarist, but yeah. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, I mean he was ahead of his time in that respect um but you know it was something that was that was kind of bubbling up but he yeah. like he got it like early on you know
4: yeah exactly um,
0: well i met um a guitarist in boston um i can't remember if he was a teacher at berkeley but he went to berkeley and he was he was like a legend at berkeley as a guitarist and um jazz guitarist and So um, there I stayed over the summer one year and we go out to this pub popular pub where everybody went and from the school and was, you know, popular and um, So I see this band on the stage. There's a trumpet player. And I think the guy was Japanese tiger Akashi and he had a guitarist a drummer and a bass player. I don't remember if there was a keyboard player, but um Anyway, I mean, the guitar player was the story. I mean, he was playing like Jimi Hendrix type guitar behind the trumpet. Hmm. My friend and I were guitar players and we're standing there like, what the hell was going on here? <laughs> like, It was amazing. And um, so he was playing like hard rock behind the trumpet, a jazz trumpet, you know? And it was pretty cool cause it worked. Like the, the sound of the trumpet, um, the, the timbre of the, of the trumpet worked with the uh, distortion. Of the guitar and um, anyway, so they took a break and the guitarist comes walking down out of the off the stage and and my friend and I we, we weren't even sitting down we were like standing in the back of the club. And the guitarist comes down and he starts talking to us and we're like wow man this is pretty cool man we're like how the hell did you do that you know you got a Jimi Hendrix set up and you know he, he really enjoyed that you know he, he was uh, flattered that we liked it so much and how much we were impressed by him um and so anyway we we hit up a discussion with him and then um you know probably intended to get out and see them again but i'm not sure if that's the year that i left or whatever but anyway i told my teacher and he says oh yeah that guy's a legend here at berkeley well a year later miles davis released his first album in 10 years and guess who was on the album the guitarist
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, what's the I, guy's name, just out of curiosity? It's uh,
0: Mike Stern.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard he's, of him. He's a phenomenal
0: yeah. phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, uh, And That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't seen him since then, but I, I'm uh, like one of members of one of his pages. And uh, he's out in New York, I think now. So I'm going to catch one of his shows soon, I hope, once COVID, once everything's good. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was like, I'm like oh, i know that guy i'm like this guy's on oh, the yeah. album i had the album and you know? i'm like this guy and i met this guy <laughs> You yeah, it was really pretty crazy yeah so where do you guys see yourself you're going to release an album maybe oh, uh-huh. this this year or, or early next year when when do you think that's going to be ready Definitely hope- jake when
2: do you think jake <laughs> is actually jake is actually um engineering it oh, so right. one thing that's noteworthy is not only do we write all the music where it's completely we are the only people doing touching anything yeah. four of us so that's cool uh, i don't know it's kind of uh we we're almost done the first song there's gonna be 10 <laughs> songs on it
4: we did just start yeah we did
2: just start that. uh you know uh we're not really in a time crunch i want to say spring or summer i def i definitely want it out around by summer i don't really think that'll
4: be a problem i don't like, either yeah
2: We've, there's so much behind the scenes stuff that people like You know, musicians don't get the amount of respect they deserve by people because, you know, (laughs) people don't think of it as a real career, (laughs) but, you know, well, why not think of it as a real career? Where would you be without music in your life? I, everybody listens to music every day, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all the stuff that musicians have to deal with, even down to like, you know, there's somewhat drug problems in music, even you know what I mean like there's just so many issue extracurricular issues that musicians have to deal with it's crazy <laughs> yeah you know? they have to do extracurriculars yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah not have to deal with but let's yeah. if they get anywhere they have to be around it yeah you know what I mean everybody, everybody has been around something where it's like whoa oh was it like you know I don't know what the right word I'm trying it's to use it's part of the is. culture yeah yeah Yeah. there's There's just like
4: part of it it's not all amazing
2: yeah like yeah it's a lot to uh and there's no like handbook on how to make it in the music industry it's kind of like figure it out
0: yeah yeah well there are success stories that you can try and emulate you know right Right. the formula but again like they don't tell you I mean they can't tell you everything that's involved I mean
2: There's no college there's a lot of stuff
0: that's involved. I mean, like what you're talking about, like just, um, like you're saying, like you start getting involved with people and next thing, you know, you're, you know, going off, the, you off the rails. Yeah. 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 Like going in the wrong direction or trying to be pulled in the wrong direction. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has been, you know, hand in hand with rock from the early days, you know, um, And, you know, just like, uh, well, you could go back to like Judy Garland. I mean, she wasn't a rock musician, but um, she was an actress and a a performer, singer. And, um, but she, she was like, she had prescription drugs, you know, to make sure she was ready for the show and come up and, you know, cause you're traveling and getting worn out. And yeah. um, So there are reasons why that stuff started. And that's another reason why people got into that too, you know, unsuspecting, you know, Hey, this will help you um yeah so yeah so there's that side i think i've asked most of what i wanted to ask tonight <laughs> and maybe we'll get together another time down the yeah road.
1: definitely
2: i had, I had fun yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: catch up
1: yeah, well yeah thanks for having us on and uh like i said earlier likewise we like uh what you're doing too yeah i
2: really enjoyed your performance a lot oh, yeah, oh, thank yeah. You. And i know yeah it was it was awesome man you write great songs
0: oh yeah awesome thank you um i appreciate that well, I wish you good luck with your recording project. Thank you. And um, so where do we go to find your, do you have an, do you have an album out? Um, is yeah, that we, available?
4: We have an EP out. It's on every iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, literally everything, anywhere you want to listen to Probably
2: it. Google Play.
4: It's yeah, on everything. everything? Way, but, uh,
0: okay, and it's uh, K-R-U-I-S-E-R, right? Yep, That's yes.
4: And the EP is called Take You for a Ride, Four Songs. Um came out 2019, whatever, but yeah, you can find it anywhere. And all
0: right, well, I'm definitely going to check it out. Cause I, I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, uh, you yeah.
2: know, we play some of those songs live and it's like, uh, if you want to hear like the building block of what we're about to do, you know, it's that, it's that for sure. Yeah. You know?
0: Absolutely.
4: And it'll it'll yeah, only well- be Year. So <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so maybe, um, well, I don't know, maybe we'll get together before that, but maybe we'll, uh, touch base before your release or after your release and give you a little plug oh. and um
2: yeah
0: you know, be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it
2: i appreciate it, it. thank yeah. you yeah thanks
0: pat all right yeah. guys well thanks a lot yeah and thank you thanks again to cruiser and i uh, appreciate you guys coming on i hope to see you at another show too oh wait one more oh, yeah. thing <laughs> like a live show or I'll something
2: Give a shout out to our friend kyle <laughs> who's literally been sleeping this whole time <laughs> <laughs> he just woke up so <laughs> Yeah. that's
4: all A big yeah. shout out to Kyle he's, but he's aside from everything we just said our biggest influence so he's the fifth <laughs> yeah. member okay
0: the hardest working band member huh yes, there we sir. go he's out <laughs> alright cool well thanks guys yeah. thanks take Have it easy we'll see you Thank soon I hope huh? alright yeah. take care for more information on Cruiser you can look up Cruiser Show on Facebook and Instagram Cruiser's music can be found on any streaming service. For more information about Pat Foreign, you can look up Pat Foreign music on the web or go to patforeignmusic.com. You can find me on Instagram @pat.foreign and also on Facebook. Thanks for listening to Get labeled Indie Music Roadmap with Pat Foran.